This podcast is intended for mature audiences and could be sensitive to some. Listener discretion is advised. The content you'll hear is based on our own experiences, opinions, and recollections. We worked as forensic scientists and investigated thousands of crime scenes between the three of us. We went to burglaries, homicides, and everything in between. If there was evidence to collect or document, we were your gals. All names and locations, including ours, have been left out or changed to protect the privacy of those involved. If you do know or learn these details, please be respectful to all involved and keep the information private. Incident assigned. Hello. Hola. Hi. Welcome back. Hello. Welcome back to Incident Assigned. We are the Yellow Tape Trio. We are. We are. Hanging with your gals. <laughs> That's us. Love it. Today we're going to talk about a scene that I had. This is one of my, I mean, I don't want to call it a life changer, but it's definitely one that was pretty impactful to me that I'll remember forever. What a memorable one. Definitely a memorable one. This is my girl fight. So, Ooh. yeah. We had, not we, none of us, but me and nope. another partner. Not I either. Had this scene and I was maybe a couple months out of training. So pretty newly independent and ready to take on the world. We went to this establishment. So it was a bar that was a place that we frequented often. I know I did. I'm not sure about you guys, but you guys know where I, where this took place. Did you guys go there often? I did not frequent there. I had mm-hmm. a very memorable scene there also that we'll get into oh. later in another future episode. So yes, I am quite familiar with this fine establishment. Sure. Oh, I took all of those nights off. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> so. She just sent all of us and she just got her popcorn yeah. and watched. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> I was a frequent flyer at work for this establishment. So it was a... Not your personal life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Had to put that in there. At yeah. work. <laughs> Once I tell you what this place is, it was for work, frequent flyer. Anyway, so this was a topless bar. Oh. It was some sort of... There were dancers. Nightclub sure. dancer mm-hmm. situation. And I had been there several times before this, but... This particular night, we got called out, me and my one partner, and we knew right away it was going to be a homicide. Got called out pretty much in the middle of the night, right before bar close, and there had been a shooting here. So it's right downtown. You walk in, and they actually have metal detectors in this club, which I don't feel like a ton of places that we frequented had that. No. Um, It had metal detectors and it had a little camera that when you showed your ID to get in, it would take a little picture, which was fantastical. This establishment, we knew the owner so well that, you know, we were just shooting the shit with him. He had amazing cameras. I recall that as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not that you wanted something to happen here, but if it did, great, because... The cameras here were amazing. (laughs) They were everywhere and they were super high quality. 
then that's your first question when you walk in. Yeah, You're like, exactly. can I see the cameras? <laughs> yeah. Please help us know what to process and collect. Let's yeah. do it. He was very eager to show us as well. So he was always a friend of the crime lab. So that was really nice. Anyway, yeah. so you would go through, you have your metal detector, this little like, photo ID scan, and then you'd go in. It wasn't that big, honestly. And it just had a bar. It had a little stage with a lot of mirrors. It had a little back velvety room. I don't know. (laughs) Always with the velvet. (laughs) Boundary. Wow, wow. Yeah. (laughs) A couple bathrooms and then just a large dance floor. And then if you go out through the club, straight from the front door, all the way to the back wall, there was a patio. So you'd go through a little hallway and then it went out to a back patio and then that patio had a fence that went out onto the street so you couldn't get in to the patio that way but it had an emergency exit type of a gate door a patio then just a big fence and then the street yeah so people could smoke out there and get a break from being inside but you couldn't get in that patio door from the street you'd have to go into the club we were told when we got there that there was a shooting and that it was a homicide and the game changer part for me was that the video was so amazing here that we watched the incident happen and so i don't feel like we get that very often and Mm -hmm. those are impactful that changed my brain chemistry a little bit i'm not gonna lie to you because to see a dead body on scene is so much different than seeing a video of someone getting murdered. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a movie. It feels different no. than a movie. It's very real and very different. Yeah. Especially when you turn around and you're standing next to the dead body. They're still there. Yeah. I can think of several where mm-hmm. I've seen the murder happen or see them get killed. And it's just, it's a different feeling at those yeah, this was definitely my first one. And I just remember the feeling of having a, almost like a hot flash take over your body where you're just yeah. like, oh, my God, I just saw someone die. Not everyone does that every day. This whoosh of emotion kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll just tell you the story of what happened because I got to see the video completely. Yeah. So the suspect entered the club. It was a female suspect. I don't know if the metal detectors were turned on at that point. This was almost bar close, but also it didn't trigger that she obviously had a gun on her. Interesting. Well, that's not a very good metal detector then, is it? I mean, (laughs) very helpful. Just for looks. Yeah. Obviously, she got into the club, so it wasn't like she charged the gates and get past the bouncers or anything. She went through the normal process. And scanned her ID and the whole thing. Like, just patiently waited yeah. her turn. Don't be suspicious. Don't be Don't suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So she came into the door. Who knows if the metal detector was working in or someone let her through. She did the whole ID scan because we saw pictures of her ID. So they knew right away who had done it. And then you can see her. I think she was in the club less than five minutes. She beelined into the club and you could see her searching around, searching around. She knew who she was looking for. Damn. She was on a mission. Super on a mission. She came up and you could see her like weaving around the crowd a little bit. And then you 
could tell on her face, like this video was so good. I can't even tell you guys. You could see on her face, she found the person that oh, she oh. was looking for. The twinkle in her eye was there. <laughs> yes. Bing. Got her. So she beelined to another female that was in the club. You could tell that a couple words were exchanged, not a huge fight or anything. And obviously we don't know what was said, but you could tell a couple words were exchanged and she pulled out a gun and just shot her directly in the face. Whoa. Like point blank. How close to each other were they? I bet they were probably within three to five feet of each other. Okay. Jeez. Just one shot? One shot. Just one. Wow. And the girl that was shot just immediately dropped to the ground. Like it went right into her face. Do you know where in her face? Do you remember? I do. Yes. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> yes. Like that was part of it too because I have a thing with eyes. I can't mm-hmm. stand eyes. This girl was shot directly into her eyeball. Oh my Ooh. God. Ooh. Yuck. She fell in a way that the door to the hallway that went to the patio, she fell into it and it opened. Oh. Fell back yep. and opened it when she fell. Right. So now she's kind of smushed between a door, or not smushed, but the door is against her. Her body is holding it open. Exactly. Like we have talked about, they are always yeah. in the doorway. Every oh, time. Yeah. And they got to get over them. Her legs were in the still in the club. And then the top half of her was in the hallway. Okay. I have a lot of questions about processing and what you did. But I, will wait. <laughs> I will get into it. What did you do about this? And what happened here? Uh-huh. I have a lot. I will get, oh, my God. Wow. I feel yeah. like I'm on the stand. I hope I can answer them adequately. (laughs) (laughs) I have faith in you. You've got it. Yeah. So the video continues. She drops in this hallway. The girl that shot her, the suspect, hops over her into the hallway. It was a little hallway, maybe vestibule out to the back patio and goes out that emergency Mm -hmm. exit gate onto the street. So she's holding the door to the hallway or vestibule open. Yes. And then there is another door that goes to the patio. And then on the patio, there is that gate that's an emergency exit only. So by that point, she's out into the, like, the mix of people downtown. Once she gets out that gate, it was less than five minutes on that video. Wow. Crazy. Okay. That's what we got to see when we first got there. So we're like, great news for us because we know exactly what happened which is rare mm-hmm, and yeah. exactly where to process and exactly who it was yeah we have her id we literally have a picture of it investigators on your way yeah and she used her own id not a fake id yeah <laughs> okay i guess yeah. she wasn't concerned about that part <laughs> no Mm-mm. she had bigger fish to fry yeah what I had heard when we were on scene, we got more of the story kind of motive, which was kind of nice. We found out that there had been some sort of canoodling of the dead girl with suspect girl's boyfriend. I mean, it's oh. always about a dude. Always. Yeah. Dang canoodling. Some sort of canoodling. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> she took it out on this girl and killed her. Hope that was worth it, but yikes. So, like I said, she was 
pronounced dead on scene and she was laying half in the hallway, half in the club, and she got shot through her eye. And so there was just a ton of face trauma. By the time we got there, she had a ton of bruising or puffiness around that area and just a ton of blood on the floor around her head. Was there an exit or do you know what caliber? Do you know anything about that? I don't believe there was an exit wound. I think it just went in her eye and it stayed in her head. The trauma that we saw was just to the face. And then we documented, like we always do, video photographs of the victim. When the medical examiner got there, we ended up taking additional photographs and she was moved. And when we rolled her, the DCC was underneath her. Oh, geez. So, like, they were pretty close. (laughs) And you can imagine in the scuffle of a club when a gunshot goes off. It could have been kicked. It could have been kicked, exactly. Mm -hmm. You're lucky to find it. Yes. I was very surprised to find it under her because I feel like in other club-type situations, stuff just scatters. Yes. Because there's so many people in there that it could have been anywhere. But before she fell, that DCC got right underneath her. Dang. Yeah, so that was kind of lucky for us, too. When we looked at it and collected it, it was a 9 millimeter. Okay. Maybe a little surprising, maybe not. The smaller calibers kind of stay in and bounce around, especially in your head. Yeah. But it was pretty close range. So to not have an exit wound, I was a little surprised, I guess, for that. Yeah. The skull's pretty tough, though. Pretty tough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not your eyeball, though. Not that thin part of the skull. But to go back out the back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Gross. Depending on how close the gun is, there's also a significant force Mm -hmm. that comes out with the explosion of the gunpowder that, did you recall if there's any, like, the gunpowder residue on her, the stippling or anything from that? No. I don't think she was that close. Well, I don't know. And I didn't mean gunpowder residue because he can't see that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I know you're talking about. (laughs) I don't remember noting that or that being a thing that we saw. I should mention also in the video that whatever they were saying to each other, there was someone that was trying to hold the suspect back. It almost looked like they could tell like a fight was going to happen. But she ended up pulling out the gun over this person. Oh. Was she already there with the victim? Or did she come in with the suspect or she was already there or not sure where this third gal came from? I actually don't know if it was a girl or a male. But okay, I think they were just someone at the club. I'm not sure if they were in yeah. relation at all with <laughs> the suspect. Or even there with them. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have been there with the suspect because... This is my story that plays in my head. She got news that this girl that she didn't like is at this club. Come on over. Who had been canoodling with her man. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So as far as processing goes, we did the normal stuff, photo video, and then we for sure wanted to do fingerprint processing. Even though we knew all this stuff, we're like, okay, we're going to process all the stuff that we know for sure she touched, kind of just get as much evidence that we can. But when we were looking in the hallway between the club, the little vestibule hallway, and out, 
and the gate that went out into the street, there was blood. Oh, like it was transfer blood? Yes. Which Hmm. I thought that was pretty fast too, but she did have to leap over the girl. Yeah. Where was the blood? On the ground? On the push bar to go out. So from her hands. So on her hands. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Maybe you're opening the door with your arm or something. I thought it was kind of weird that she had blood on her, but if you think about it, she had to get past her some way in that hallway. Could it have been blowback? Yeah. And that would have been an explosion of blood. So that blood might have just come from the shot back at her. Yeah, that's possible. Did she Mm -hmm. take the gun with her? Yep. So she just kept hanging onto it and ran, didn't stuff it in her purse or anything? We couldn't see her stuff it anywhere. But also it was really hard to tell in that time, even though the video was good, it was a little bit blocked. I remember that video so vividly. (laughs) You couldn't really tell if she was just holding the gun and hiding it or stuffing it somewhere. But it was definitely on her. She left with that gun. It was Mm -hmm. not unseen. Okay. So we observed that blood on the doors. Was it just trace amounts or a decent amount? It wasn't a ton. With our flashlights, we could tell there was blood in those areas. And it wasn't old blood from the previous (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You'd have to DNA it to know. That's a fair question because by the time we got there, it was definitely dry, but I don't think it was old. Or was it from someone else? Yeah. I'm sure people were trying to get out of that club. It was enough that we did take some DNA of some areas, but in the one door that went from the vestibule hallway to the patio, there was a little bit of friction ridge that we could see. In blood? In blood. blood. Yep. So we ended up getting the LCV. (laughs) (laughs) Because we knew there was presence of blood. So we went through that in a previous episode of ours. Just a little refresh. LCV, leukocrystal violet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if there's a presence of blood there already, we'll use LCV to try to enhance any detail For example, for this, ridge detail from fingerprints on these doors. So we ended up doing both the patio door and that rear gate. And we did develop some ridge detail, but it wasn't good enough to take. So it was just a couple ridges, I remember. Okay. Unfortunately, that would have been really sweet if it was just like a big old fingerprint. (laughs) Yeah. Winner, winner. Right. So I feel like that's a little... uh, lackluster in finding that but it was it was interesting to use it anyway and be able to have another tool but we in addition to the lcv did some powder processing at the front like where she came in where you kind of check in and do your metal detection part yep or lack thereof (laughs) for real who is that bouncer because they got to feel real bad Mm-hmm. Maybe they should implement a little quality check every day to make sure that their metal detectors are working on a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> I'm very curious about that. Did they just say, oh, it's late in the night. We just turn it off at some That shouldn't be the case, right? It just wasn't working that night. No. I wouldn't think so. Maybe it's just for looks. Like when people have the sign seeing beware of dog, but they have no dog. <laughs> just for looks. Just a deterrent. Mm-hmm. 
you think that everyone would know if it was just a deterrent. Everyone would have figured that out. But she obviously knew or was confident. Uh, or I honest, care. it felt like she didn't care. She was on a rampage, it felt like. Yeah. She knew what she wanted to do that day and didn't give a fuck. Didn't give not a single one. We didn't get any fingerprints, which is also surprising because I'm like, ew, how many people have touched that area? I remember being so disgusting. You know when like too many people have touched stuff and it's just Uh a grease ball and they've never cleaned it ever? Because also we were in that club with the lights on and I know we have talked about that before. Ew. Yes. (laughs) And that place is the grossest to the highest order. (laughs) All we collected at that scene was the one DCC. Wow. Dang. Nothing else. Easiest homicides ever. That's so nice to have those videos. So nice. Can you imagine? Because you just know (laughs) how much else you would have done in there if you didn't have that. Think of all the drink glasses or beer bottles or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Within a five foot span of her. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You don't know. Yeah. One DCC. Wow. (laughs) That sucker got brought back to the lab. Since the DCC was under her, it was covered in blood, Oh, which is a bummer, right? Yeah. No DNA there for suspect. No. So I don't think it was caked in blood, but there was enough blood on it where I took a sample of the blood. I took one from the side of the DCC, and then I took one from the head stamp as well. If there's going to be a spot that the suspect DNA would be, that's where it would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe get lucky and get a mix. Give it a shot. But also we knew we have yeah. the whole thing perfectly on video. Right. And the thing about DCCs as well, if they're covered in blood, we always had to clean them. I don't know if we've talked about that yet. No, I don't think we have. So if there's blood on them and we leave it, it'll corrode the DCC. Or a fired bullet or yeah, sure. metal jacket fragment. So any bullet parts, anything that is going to go to the firearm section. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I remember having to wash it off with bleach and clean that off. And that feels really weird. I mean, we've already taken all of our samples, but it's like, let me just scrub, scrub, scrub. <laughs> let me just wash this clean. <laughs> wash, wash the blood off. Yeah, it feels wrong. But otherwise, you're ruining the evidence detail that the firearms unit could could use. And I know they would use it to connect it to other scenes as well. Yep. And you'd yep. always keep the original packaging of those items and right. you'd put it with your swabs that you took. So just in case there was extra DNA on the packaging that the item was in, you want to keep that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were going in and out of this door, my question from earlier, <laughs> did you push the door open? Did you prop it open for your scene? Because you try to leave it as is, but you got to squeeze through over her or do you open it and then reshut the door on her? I just... That's not a good scenario to be in for photos and video and having to go out and in and mm-hmm. checking the patio. I'm sure maybe you could come in from the street to the patio. Maybe they open that for you. Not ideal. It was not ideal. I will say that. I do remember her body held it open enough that it wasn't like we're squishing through. Okay. So you're not touching it because you don't want to ruin potential nope. evidence too, but you want to leave it as is. Her body was large enough in that space to hold it open enough for me to like leap over her torso because you just got to leap right over it while you're taking a video. 
And also we wanted to be really careful about the surrounding walls because if we have to jump over her, so does everyone else. And I mean, we're not like, you know, that track and field thing. Long jump. Long jump. (laughs) Long jump, yes. It's not like we're taking a run for it and jumping over this poor lady. It was like a big step over her. (laughs) It's one standing there and then a hop over her onto your other foot. Do you know the outcome of this one? Obviously, (laughs) they knew who she was, but did it go to court? Did she plead out when they showed her the video? Tell us the outcome. Yeah, I do know the outcome. I ended up testifying in this case. It was me and my partner, but I was the only one that was called to court. So I think that I had done enough of the processing of the scene that I could kind of speak to what he did and then present the stuff that I did. Which is pretty typical for forensic scientists or when you group process a scene that one of us could testify for the others saying these are the facts that happened Mm -hmm. because it's not subjective. It's not hearsay. If the defense wanted that or the judge wanted the other person, they could get them and they could absolutely come in. But instead, one of us would go and present all of the photos and video and sketch and evidence and whatever we needed and testify to the whole crime scene since we did it as a group. Yeah, absolutely. You're not forming an opinion, so you can speak to the facts of what happened. Yeah. Yes, and of what was collected. Exactly. So I just walked through all the things that we saw, all the stuff we collected, you know, all the things that DCC that we collected. (laughs) Yes. And I'm guessing you didn't testify to anything that happened in the video. You just said we saw the video and therefore process these things just for clarity. Definitely. I remember for this particular case, they showed the video in court. When you were up there or previous? No, no. Sorry. Yeah. Previously. Okay. Not with me at all. Because I'm not going to be the one that's walking through. Because sometimes they will do that. Sure. Just yeah. to jog yeah, your yeah. memory or to ask you about something specific. Sure. Yeah. I think for this case, it probably was the investigator. I don't know. It was before I got on. But I knew that they were going to show it. So like, were you able to watch surveillance when you were at the scene? It was those kind of things. But I would never be the person yeah. walking them through what happened Right. In a video like that. And I feel like they would just let it play. Yeah. If it's that clear. Let the jury make their own conclusions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I would imagine if it's the manager at the club sure. or someone like that, just explaining, this is where we check the IDs and later you'll see the picture and this is our metal detector that doesn't work and this is our <laughs> back door. <laughs> also explaining if you're switching from camera to camera, it could get confusing oh, yeah. and you're like, here's this view and here's this view and here's this view. So I would imagine a manager walking through that types of stuff, sure. not the events that are happening. Just this is where she's at in the club and different things yeah the nice part about us having a video unit in our crime lab was that they could put together the angles as kind of like a walkthrough for court to make more of a cohesive video and get stills from it too exactly stills would be a, a still image from the video so it's like a photograph a snapshot that they would take yeah And this would be the camera to do it on, man. They were so clear. Yes. (laughs) Especially her face when she sees the victim. Yeah. For us to be able to see her expression was like, man, usually you just see like a grainy little thing moving around. A blob. Blob. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the victim recognize her coming or all of a sudden she was there and arguing? I'm just thinking the suspect had a I found you moment. Did the victim see her coming or did you do you remember anything like that? I remember the victim was dancing. She was enjoying her club time. And yep. 
Not until the suspect said something like yelled at her. You could tell they shared a couple words and then it was done. Okay. The end. So there wasn't like, I can see this girl coming towards me. <laughs> Maybe I should get the hell out of here. Yeah. None of that. Run, 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 run. Bye. There was no fair warning here at all. It was like, hey, Dang. yell a couple words, dead. Also in this case, I remember that I walked through why we would have used LCB. And we do that to educate the jury. But honestly, it was a pretty quick testimony for me. I was also kind of surprised she didn't plea. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets their day. (laughs) Gets their day in court and take your chances with the jury. And maybe the plea wasn't what she wanted. She thought she could get lighter or less by a jury. Could be. Because the canoodling, so they'd feel for her. (laughs) Yeah, she's playing on the emotions (laughs) of the jury. Maybe they'll feel bad for me. Man, I don't know. In this case, this gal ended up getting premeditated first-degree murder. No shock there. If there was ever anything premeditated, it was this. That was that. (laughs) That was that. Seems fitting. So that's my girl fight. Okay. There she be. Wow. Dang. That was short and sweet. It was a short little scene, but seeing that video where you actually see the murder happen, and I feel like girl-on-girl violence doesn't happen. Less common for sure. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. That was a good one. Thanks for listening. That was very interesting. I'm glad I could take you down into that club again. I know y'all missed it. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll bring you back there later. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. Thanks. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today. Go find us on Facebook and Instagram at Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. Make sure to rate and review us. Give us some stars. Go find some merch, too. Go get shopping. Yes, for sure. Come check us out every other Wednesday. Because every scene has a story. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to rate and review us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. If you have questions, comments, or would like to share your own stories from behind the yellow tape, check out our website, yellowtapetrio.com, or email us at hello at yellowtapetrio.com. We would love to hear from you. While you're on our website, don't forget to swing by our merch shop and pick up some goodies. Don't miss our next episode where we dig into some more exciting crime scenes because every scene has a story.